This is Shop Talk, our weekly discussion of journalism issues. I'm Rich Egger. I'm Will Buss. And I'm Pam Peters. Pointer recently shared what it called a guide to pink slime journalism. Pink slime, as you might know, is a meat byproduct used as an additive or a filler to ground beef and beef-based processed meats. Pointer says pink slime journalism describes outlets that publish poor quality reports that appear to be local news. Among other things, pink slime sites are frequently produced via automation and templates. Pointer says to look for text that's more generic than expected or articles that are pure information without context. Also, pink slime sites are often funded by outside companies with a partisan source of financing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for Pointer for uncovering this. I've always suspected something like this was happening, and I'm glad that there's a, 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 a term or a name associated with it, though I always called it something else that I can't repeat on the air here. But uh, nonetheless, I think that uh, I'm glad to see that this is some kind of a systemic problem, um, and it's been identified, and that's the first step, I think, when you have people like such as our researchers and those who study journalism and journalism trends, as the folks at the, folks at the Pointer Group do, um, that we recognize this. And now, again, I think this is, again, part of another step of maybe media literacy. Again, what newspapers and news agencies have to turn to to fill out and round out newscasts and, and publications and online publications and fill the news hole with uh, diminishing uh, profits and uh, declining uh, newsrooms and uh, in, in, in eroding uh, you know, a, a, a reinvestment or lack thereof into these newsrooms. That's a reflection of that. And no wonder there's, uh, as we've talked about previously, there's a, an eroding trust because we have, uh, we have a lesser quality uh, we have a lesser quality of journalism being produced because of this, and now we have a name to associate with it. So, okay, that's the first step. What can uh, we do to address it? And uh, what did you say your name was for this? <laughs> well, <laughs> anyway, it's uh, you know, it's 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 something that uh, we need to be aware of, and I always suspected as much. But uh, now that we've seen this repeatedly elsewhere, it's. Um, it's time to, you know, call it for what it is and uh, address it. To put it nicely, it's lazy journalism at its finest. Um, and this kind of reminds me, it kind of makes me wonder, is this the first step in moving towards what we talked about a while back, this AI journalism, um, using artificial intelligence? Um, I mean, it just... Um, it's it's a scary thing that we already have issues with journalism, lack of trust in journalism, fake news, and now we're just putting this out here. Um, you know, where I'm just going to put basic facts out, basic information, not going to have any context to it. Um, it's going to be bipartisan sources. I mean, it is it is a piece of fake news, but. Um, it also makes me worry because this could move us into that AI form of um, a newsroom where, well, I just have a computer spitting information out, and who cares? Um, and it also, you know, it breaks that trust with the audience who already does not overly trust the information that we're putting out there. Yeah, I especially worry about this in terms of television as we see um 
stations, and I suppose radio too, when you see stations that are no longer locally owned, but owned by a larger corpora, uh, corporation or, or network, and uh, they cut back on the size of the newsroom while still uh, claiming to, to be there for you locally, and they're really not producing uh, that type of local content. And so uh, when you get a little bit of it and it's gen really generic looking, yeah, and AI in particular, you wonder, uh, you know, how this is being done. Or, are they plagiarizing from other newsrooms that actually have a local presence? I think that, and I think this also shows a disregard for your just your audience in general, the populace, the people whom you are really responsible for in uh, reporting and covering. And uh, I think this just is a complete disregard for that. And it's, uh, as Pam says, it's very lazy journalism. It's trying just to get me over through the day and throwing something against the wall to see what sticks. And at the same time, not making a uh, human or financial investment into this service uh, that you're doing. And uh, corporations, uh, as they become larger conglomerates and they... Uh, they're owned by faraway uh, boards that are responsive only to shareholders in faraway lands or faraway states uh, that really don't know or not that familiar with the communities that they have, uh, even though they may claim to. It uh, becomes even more or uh, less personal, becomes very impersonal. And uh, at the same time, they kind of uh, kind of lose touch, really, uh, with, uh, with what their jobs are. And they're looking for some cheap fixes because of these economic challenges that uh, this industry has faced uh, for some time. You know, they talk about how do you spot this? So we're already le we're already working with a society that doesn't trust the news. Now we play into this media literacy again of I have to, as a consumer of the news, not even, you know, well, you and, you know, the three of us were. We're in a position where we, we either teach this or we do this for a living, so we understand how to spot, you know, this this type of news or fake news. But now you're at we're asking our readers, our viewers, your audience to go in and say, okay, you have to investigate to figure out whether this is trustworthy, which just creates more of almost a wall between the media and our audience. And the people we are supposed to providing be providing this legitimate content for. So here is a viewer suddenly for me to understand if this is trustworthy or not, I have to go investigate for myself, which there is a responsibility of the audience to do that. But it's throwing even more of a burden on them and probably frustrating audiences more because I don't you know, I just want you, I want to know that I can go to this channel or I can read this newspaper and I can trust this information. I don't feel like I should have to go read three or four other sites or go to these um, fact checkers to find out is this information really true and viable information. So I think it, it just, it's another thing that causes more issues and frustration for our audiences. And yeah. essentially creates more mistrust. I think that's a real good point. I mean, I, I as a news consumer, I don't want to have to go to a variety of sources to double check what I'm, I'm reading or hearing or seeing. And this kind of ties in with our discussion from a couple of weeks ago. Americans are following the news less closely than they used to. And uh, if you're not paying that close of attention, you might be more susceptible to... Uh, to the issues we're discussing today. Yeah, I think they can they can see this. They can read this. I know we've all noticed this uh, 
this uh, practice. Uh, it's very cheap. It's very lazy. And now we have a you know, a very pejorative term to put with it. And uh, mm-hmm. I think the public is, is smart enough. They realize this. And I think that contributes to that mistrust we've been talking about. With that, we're going to wrap up our discussion for this week. Our listeners can join us again next week for more of Shop Talk.